Turn there to Galatians 4. I want you to look around and I want you to call people this week. Uh, we're probably missing about 60-some of our own people. And uh, call and encourage them. And I understand a lot of them watch by, online, and that's okay, but um, encourage them. Let them know you miss them. And uh, 60-some, that's a lot of people. And encourage them and, and uh, tell them you miss them. Some are on vacation and, and some are just at home, but uh, encourage them. And uh, we love you miss you if you're watching. Hope to see you soon. And uh, if you want to come with a mask on, I don't care. Come with a mask on. And uh, worship. Worship the Lord because you need that encouragement from brothers and sisters in the Lord. It's not the same. Nancy just said it when they walked in. It's not the same. We encourage and, we, we, and we're glad we have this avenue, but it's not the same as when you worship together and uh, edifying one another. One another. So here we are in Galatians chapter 4, and, and, and I, I'm not going to apologize this morning for using quite a bit of Scripture, and that shouldn't be abnormal to you guys. But we need to understand that if, and, 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 and let me, before, I'm going to be like Terrence, I'm going to back up and we're going to make all kinds of announcements, but uh, coming in August, starting in August on Tuesdays, I believe it was, we decided, Summer and I, and I just felt led for us to do an online Bible study, and uh, we'll be doing this together, and we've never done it together, uh, but we'll be doing an online Bible study together on Tuesdays, and I don't know the time yet, but it'll be live streamed uh, through something, Facebook or whatever, but we're going to be coming and covering Galatians, what, 8 in the morning? Yeah, that's fine. I'll be up half the day already anyway. Uh, 8 in the morning, that's lunchtime for me. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, 8 o'clock, Tuesday mornings, uh, we'll be doing an online Bible study, Summer and myself, but we'll be covering the book of Galatians. But as you read and study the book of Galatians, and you study this, and you understand that those times in this, in this day are much like today we're facing right now. Being uh, pulled and twisted and manipulated in every which way, every direction, that was addressed to believers because, one, there was a concern. There was a concern that their faith was shifting, that their focus was, was getting skewed. And I want to let you know right now, and I'm not going to stay here, and I'm not going to argue about this, but I never thought January 1st, 2020, that a, a mask would divide believers. And you can argue both sides, and I'm not here to argue either one. I'm going to tell you something. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And I'm going to ask a question that I'll ask on the end uh, that, that I feel led to. What you're doing, what you're engaging in, the things you're posting, the conversations you're having, the, the things that are going on in your life, ask this question of yourself. Is it pointing them to Jesus? If it's not, leave it alone. Here we go. Galatians 4, 4 through 17, Paul addressing, and he, he's talking about the airship because they were, they were, they were being manipulated and being, uh, trying to pull, uh, be pulled back into uh, and placed under law. But verse 4 uh, through 17 in chapter 4 says, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Thank God that it was available. And because you are sons, 
Now you are in Christ. You are sons. God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son. We talked about this last week. The Holy Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, you are no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then a heir of God through Christ. I want to tell you something this morning, people. you got more to be shouting about than just being here. <laughs> you're, you're an heir of Christ. You're an heir of God. You, you have an inheritance. So, how be it, eight, verse 8, how be it then, when you knew not God, you did receive, uh, or you did service unto them, which by nature are no gods. But now, after that you have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn you again to the weak and beggarly elements, whereunto you desire again to be into bondage? You observe days and months and times and years. I'm afraid of you, or rather I'm afraid for you, lest I have bestowed upon you labor in vain. Brethren, I beseech you, be as I am, for I am as you are. You have not injured me at all. You know uh, how through infirmity of the flesh I preached the gospel unto you at the first. And my temptation was in my flesh, and you despised not nor rejected, but received me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus. Where is then the blessedness you spoke of? For I bear you record that if, I, if it had been possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and given them to me. Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? They zealously, I want you to, to pay attention to verse 17, or all of it, but verse 17. They zealously affect you, but not well, Yes, that they would exclude you, that you might affect them. In other words, they're drawing you and enticing you that you would look to them, to people. Why? Because the enemy desires... Listen, I know you know this, but I, you know that we know repetition and we, we don't mind doing it. The devil does not care that you are here sitting at Lakeside Church today. He don't care if you're tuning in, if you're watching, or you will watch this later. But what he does care is where your faith is anchored and where it is placed. And so he will use anything, anywhere, anyhow, anybody, at any time, for any purpose other than exalting Christ. If he can take your focus and your faith off of Christ and the finished work and put it on a pandemic and put it on an argument and put it on a whatever you want to call it and look and, and you get your faith out of Christ and you move your focus from Him to people so that you will rest in them so that you'll want to know what they do for you. This is... They're, they're taking them from grace. They're taking them back to law. They're twisting and manipulating the Scripture so that they would depend. You didn't need it. You can go back and... And read Galatians for yourself and you may know, but they didn't need a schoolmaster. They didn't need a tutor or a teacher to teach the law because the law had been fulfilled. I no longer need that because I have Christ who has fulfilled the demands of the law and I can go to the Father myself. The Holy Spirit is my guide. He is my teacher. So now we have people being twisted and, and moved away from Focus and faith in the finished work of Christ to people. What will we do next? What will we do next? I want to tell you something. I have felt more pressure. And I have heard more opinions since March of this year to today than I have ever heard. 
Because if I have service, then I'm inconsiderate. If I don't ask people to wear masks, I don't care. If I do ask them to wear masks, then I'm, then I'm caving to the pressures of men. I want to let you know something. We're living in a real day, in real time, that takes real decisions right now. And every decision that we make, all of us, must be, must be made out of prayer and not pressure. I'm trying to be good. But I want to tell you something. If we're going to beat one horse, let's beat them all. Since July 3rd, 1977, the day I was born, people have died. There's a 100% chance that everybody in this place, unless the Lord Jesus Christ returns today, we're going to die. I don't want to, I don't want to expedite that process. But I'm not going to fear and live and, and buckle and be crippled and not minister and share the gospel because of. So if we're going to beat one horse, let's beat them all. And I tried to be good and steer away from this, but I won't stay here long. 2019, last year, CDC, Center of Disease Control, you can look it up yourself. 2019, 648,000, I rounded it up, people died from heart disease. 600,000 died from cancer. 170,000 died in accidents, whatever they may be. 160,000 died from chronic lower respiratory disease. 147,000 died from stroke. 84,000 from diabetes. 122,000 from Alzheimer's. Flu and pneumonia killed 56,000 people. Suicide took 48,000 lives. And we want to use this argument, well, 0.04 is too many. What if they didn't know Christ? What about those million-plus people? How many of them didn't know Christ? How many people right now sitting in places of worship don't know Christ because we won't preach the gospel because we want to pander to man and we want to tiptoe around the bushes? It's time to just walk right in and preach, thus saith the Lord. If you don't know Him, if you don't know Him, church, if you're not preaching Him, then I don't know that you know Him. The fact of the matter is, people have died and will die, and people will die not knowing Jesus Christ. But what are we doing? Are we so concerned and so tied up in fighting a battle that don't belong to us, or are we preaching the gospel? I know we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, and I'm going to get there. Just hold on. So Paul was warning the believers not to fall back in deception, not to walk in the flesh. I, listen, that has been a battle of me. Because I'm a passionate person, just in case you haven't noticed. I can be passionate about cornhole. I can be passionate about grilling. I can be passionate about moving. I can be passionate about cutting grass. I'm passionate about whatever it is that I'm doing. But what I have had to learn is, Lord, lead me and guide me. And don't let my mouth speak before you speak to me. Because if I speak out of myself, I promise you, I'm going to get in a lot of trouble. So Paul's warning them, don't fall back into the, all the junk that you, listen, you received me. You would have given your own eyes to me if it were possible. But now you have fallen back into the trap and the deception, and I'm telling you the truth, and you don't like it. Have I become your enemy? 
Have we become the enemy of, of whoever because you speak the truth? That this truth is this. That Christ is going to return. And you're going to spend eternity in heaven. Or you're going to spend eternity in hell. Oh, but Lord, I sat in the seat and I warmed it. And I even, I, I gave and I was, listen, let me tell you something. God's word says that, that many cast out demons and devils in my name. But he said, depart from me for I never knew you. <coughs> we want to attach Jesus to everything to make our stance and our argument proper I want to tell you something if your feet aren't planted on the word of God from Genesis to Revelation and if your mouth ain't speaking thus saith the Lord and what God Almighty has ordained and put into to order and this word is still living and if we're not preaching this and teaching this and all we're doing is spewing our opinions we're no better than anything else Fear is the tactic that drives on both sides. Because we'll take, they're using fear to try to manipulate, and then the, then the believer will take it and flip it around, and now, now they're trying to flip the, the coin on another direction. Let me tell you something. Keep your eye on Jesus. So, but rather uh, than falling back into the traps of the enemy and being led by the flesh, allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives so that what? The fruit may develop and be plentiful. Not that it will develop and be plentiful, but it should remain. Even when somebody says something that you don't like. Oh, but you just don't know. You don't know what button they push. Let me tell you something. Ask the Holy Spirit to take them buttons away. Because there, there's, there's some issues that we can touch on that will make anybody get fired up. And instead of saying, Lord, let me speak with grace, Holy Spirit, take the buttons away and let me smile and let me love as you love and let me see as you see and let me speak as you speak and not let those things, the fleshly things, get me so tore up. I, I'll be honest with you. Yesterday I was walking into Walmart and I was all, I was just all tore up. Because somebody asked me a question. And, it, and, and it would, I didn't even need to be all aggravated. I don't need to let that stuff bother me. And it don't matter what she asked me. She didn't ask me if my shirt was blue. That, that don't matter what she asked. But he was warning them and asking them. So Galatians 4.31 says, So brethren, when... We are not children of the bondwoman. You are not a child of Hagar. <laughs> but of the free. You are in the Abrahamic covenant. You are a child of Abraham. You remember that song you sing in children's church? Oh, Father Abraham has many sons. Has many sons. And man, we used to do all emotions and I would be spazzing out. I was, hey, hey, let's just, I was all over the place. Little did I know that my children, the, the lady who taught Faith Simons, I love her, I still love her dearly, they're still precious to me, but she taught, and little did I understand that she was smart enough to know that we were actually absolutely hyper, and she needed to get some of that out of us. So we would just, oh, just praise the woo! Can we do it again, Faith? Right arm, left arm, right foot, left foot, nod your head, turn around. I don't want to sit down yet. 
But the little the songs that I was singing as a kid, I didn't understand that covenant. I didn't understand what was being taught to me. But as I've grown and my relationships grown, I understand that I am not a son of Hagar. I'm not a fruit or a product. I am in the covenant. I am in the line. I am because I am an heir. I have been adopted into the family. And now I'm not only considered uh, in the family, but I'm an heir. <laughs> so you get here. Don't be tangled up in all this stuff. You're not a, you're not a, a child of the bondwoman, but of the free. You're to be free. Free. Free from the arguments. Free from the, the fights and the bickering and the, and the moaning and the groaning and the crying. So you get to chapter 5 and verse 1 says, Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Well, brother, I ain't, I, I, I've been done with that. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't smoked crack in seven years. I'm not talking about crack. I'm talking about the bondage of anger and bitterness and frustration and, and all of this stuff because they're telling me I can't. I've been there. Listen, I'm there. I'm there. I refuse. I refuse to let faith be silenced. Can I tell you, it's impossible to silence faith. Faith's not the question, it's where is the faith anchored? What is the object? Because faith will always speak. It can be in your, your beliefs, your chair, your shoes, your car, whatever it is. So Paul is saying, don't get tangled up again in the yoke of bondage. Why? Because the Holy Spirit desires to develop fruit in you. But if you're tangled up in the yoke, this, oh gosh, it's got to go. In the yoke of bondage, if you're tangled up in the works of the flesh, if you're tangled up walking in the flesh and fighting with all of this stuff, then the fruit of the Spirit is not developing in your life. Hello, fruit of the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit, so it is not developed by man. So you come all the way to chapter 5. We're already there. Verses 22 and 23. The fruit of the, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance against there are uh, such there is no law. What does that mean? Meaning that whatever takes place, whatever goes on, whatever storm comes your way, it don't matter how big the wave is or how still the lake is, I want to let you know there is no law against the fruit of the Spirit because your joy don't go away because of who sits in the governor's seat. Your peace don't leave because of a, an executive order that's been mandated. Your, 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 your long-suffering isn't, that's not an easy one. None of it changes, or should. 
But it does. Why? Because we're people. And, and we go from, from being led and, and, and allowing the Holy Spirit to work in our lives to stepping out in the flesh. And if we're all honest, we've all been guilty. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to raise both hands and feet. I'm, I've been guilty of it. Why? Because we're people. And as long as we're people, we're going to deal with the flesh. And if you think you're some holier thou, you're walking up there in the clouds of glory, then I, let me tell you, let me, let's get back down to earth here. We're people. So we know, again, from last week, the Holy Spirit works within the parameters of the finished work of Christ at Calvary. That finished work on the cross. The cross was the means and Christ is the source. And He works and He does it to a great degree in our lives if our faith is anchored in the finished work. Why? Because you need work and I need work. So, so here we read the fruit of the Spirit and we got to understand again that the fruit of the Spirit is developed upon the same basis that the Holy Spirit works. If our faith is anchored in the right place. So whatever needs to take place in our lives, the changes that need to be made, the bondages that need to be broken, deliverance, being renewed in the Spirit of our mind cannot be done in our own human ability. Can't happen. Why? Because this is the fruit of the Spirit. Not the fruit of man. So the work is done only by the Holy Spirit. Church, newsflash. Church, the whole church, nothing but the church. So help us, Lord Jesus. We cannot clean people up. Stop trying. You were never called to clean the fish. But you were called to follow him. Deny yourself and follow me. And I will make you to become fishers of men. We're called to catch them all day long. Praise God. That's the good part. I don't like cleaning them anyway. So why do we try? Because we want them to match our standard. And look like we do. And talk like we do. And, and act like we do. Maybe they don't need to look like you. Or talk like you. Or act like you. Maybe that would be a good thing. Maybe, maybe the Lord desires to change us. How about He let you let us change us? Him change us. Tell you what. Keep the rod in your hand and keep casting. And you'll keep catching. But the moment that you, you go from fishing to cleaning, you change, the, you change the position. Now I'm not catching, I'm killing. It's the Holy Spirit's uh, position and His job to, to change the lives of the believers. Paul said, when I was with you in my infirmity, he still had an ailment. He still had something that was, was a, that thorn in his side. I don't know what it was. You can speculate. You can think of whatever it may be. I don't know. It was still there. But they didn't hold it against him. They received him as though he were an angel of God. And they listened to what he said. Why? Not because of who he was. Not because of what he'd done or, or anything of that nature. But because of what he preached. It was Christ. So whatever needs to take place has got to be done by the Holy Spirit. Je uh, Jesus was speaking uh, in, in John 14, 16. He said, and I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Why forever? Because as long as you're alive, you need help. <laughs> I need help. I, we, we, the gospel summed up really easy. I can't, you can't help. I need help. Why? Because I'm an idiot. Summer said, Amen. 
Aleluya. Gloria a Dios. Listen, we need help. Why? Because we're people. And we need to be changed. So, so as long as we're here, we need to have work done in us and on us and through us. So as he works in our lives, guess what happens? Fruit is developed. Fruits developed. Things fall away and fruits developed. Uh, David and Sheila gave us some tomato plants. They were already developing. And the green thumbs that we are not, they're, they're growing. Don't worry. They're, I realized where they were getting too much sun. Because I was like, man, we watered these things. Even though it was a little bit of chlorine water, we were watering them and they still weren't growing right. So I moved them to a little bit of shade and now they now they produce some fruit. I got a jar of Duke's mayonnaise and a loaf of bread sitting underneath that thing. I'm waiting for the day I can eat a tomato salad. <laughs> could be, it could be October, I don't know, but we're still waiting. But anyway, he, he does this so that we may develop fruit and be plentiful in it, but yet it should remain. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. There is no law against such of these. The Greek word for fruit is karpos. And in this case, it's referring metaphorically to the works or deeds as being the fruit of the visible, the visible expression of the power working inwardly and invisibly. In other words, the fruit that is seen is the work, the invisible work that's going on on the inside. The visible thing that are seen is a, is a, a representation of what is taking place on the inside. So the character of the fruit is the evidence of the character producing it, be it good or bad. So we have people proclaiming to be Christians, but the fruit stinks. The Bible tells us in Matthew 7, I believe it's verse 16, that you shall know, the, 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 you shall know them by their fruits. Brother, you can't judge. I'm not judging. I'm just calling what it is what it is. If I go to an orange grove and I see an apple tree and I say, hey, that's an apple tree. Brother, that's in an orange grove. I don't care. It's still an apple tree. So you shall know them by their fruits. So what is being produced or seen visibly on the outside is what is working on the inside. But see, we've, we flipped this thing around, the, 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 the Christian folk. We've, we've hung ornaments on our trees. And, and we look gorgeous and we look good, but on the inside there's nothing going on. And then when something begins to shake the limbs, we get frustrated and angry and irritated and we lash out. And the fruit, real fruit comes forth. A rotted root, Summer preached this years ago, whenever it was, and one day maybe she'll preach it again, but a rotted root will never produce a good fruit. It can't. It can't. Sheila called those things on the tomato plants something, I can't remember, suckers or whatever they was. And I was out there and I was just hearing her saying, just pinch it off. And I was just pinching it off. Because I realized this thing's dead and it don't need to be on the vine because it's taking away the nutrients that these little tomatoes need. Because I need to eat these things one day. What they didn't tell me, they gave me a mini tomato plant. No, it's as big. No, they didn't. I'm just kidding. They gave me a, it's a good plant. But we look around and we see the visible fruit of sin going on all day, every day, all around us. It's chaos, destruction, and it always leads to death. 
This is the visible fruit of sin. The inward work that's going on in man's hearts, we see evidenced in the lives. We see it. The, 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 the hatred and the, and the divisiveness and, and all of these things, we see it. We even see it in the church because things have come up that just rub us raw and, oh, that's my stance or that's my horse or that's my soapbox. And I wonder how sometimes how big in the, how in the world big is your soapbox because you've been on that thing for about four, four, four or five years now. Get off of it. How about getting his word? Stand on his word. Get off your soapbox. How about preaching, teaching, love them? Because we, we all got issues and we all have things that fire us up. But again, ask the Holy Spirit. Maybe I should change the name of this message. Remove my buttons. <laughs> That'll get their attention. But what's on the inside, working will be known by the fruit that's produced. The visible. The visible things. That's why you can, you can have a, a church. Listen, I'm not against mega churches. And if you pastor one, praise God that he sent them your way. But the question is this, be it a thousand or ten, whatever it may be, where is the fruit produced? Where is the growth in the, the individual in that they're not again tangled again in the yoke of bondage? Where is the growth taking place? Because if it's not happening, it's not, listen, it's not just the pastor's position or duty or job or however people want to label it to, to make sure this happens. It's our responsibility. Our own. So, so we, we have this visible fruit that's produced by the work going on on the inside. So when we are saved and when we are in union with Christ, the Holy Spirit works in us and He produces the fruit of the Spirit. Fruit. Singular, fruit. Vine's Expository Dictionary explains it this way. The singular form suggesting the unity of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. As produced in us. So the fruit of the Spirit, though we read of the nine traits, working for one purpose, to make us more Christ-like. When you smile, there's ten muscles working to produce one thing. Smile together for one purpose so the nine that we see are working together for one reason to make us more Christ-like it's the fruit of the spirit again not the fruit of man so man cannot develop it when man attempts to develop the fruit of the spirit it's all fake it's a fake smile it's a fake joy it's a fake peace it's a fake patience it's a fake self-control it's all fake because man cannot produce the authentic that has already been made. It's all a reproduction. It's all a reproduction. When I was growing up, a man that lived close to us, his name was Vernon Schrantz. I thought he had a Ferrari. I'm like, I always want to go to his garage and sit in the Ferrari. I'm like, Dad, my dad, where are you going? I'm going down to Billy and Vernon's. Why? I'm going to go sit in the carport in a Ferrari. He's like, Jason, that ain't no Ferrari. I was like, Dad, that's a Ferrari. He said, Jason, that's not a Ferrari. That's a Bradley GT with a Volkswagen engine. I said, well, why do you have to tell me? Because it ain't a real Ferrari. But they have a reproduction to make them look like and, and, and seem like. And it's all fake. This is how we are. When we try to produce what the Holy Spirit does, it's fake. 
That's why we are, uh, why the church is full of, of, of people that are on the inside are truly miserable. Because we're trying to make something happen. What we're doing, and people don't see this, is we are reverting to law. Because we think coming to church is going to fix the situation. It ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. So it's singular form in this manner. Listen, look at the structure of the words. One part, the nine, one part of the nine traits that you see does not grow more than the other, but they grow equally or they do not grow at all. You can't have more peace than you have of joy. You can't have more long-suffering than you have of what. You can't have more of one without the other. They grow equally or they don't grow at all. Well, brother, I'm doing real good in the joy department, but my patience is... <laughs> I ain't got none. They said I have kids and it made it worse. <laughs> Terrence just wait. <laughs> James just wait. Oh, Lord, just wait. Hallelujah. Those things you cherish are going to be destroyed. <laughs> Your shoes are going to have markers on them. And let's just wait, man. Go ahead and lock them up. I'm telling you. I'm giving you some advice. Wait till your son stabs the air on your Air Max. Just stab him with a knife and you're walking and say, tss, tss. They do it, don't they, Noah? Because he did. He did it. He'll be working on you. Just look to him. He'll help you out. If y'all don't know, Terrence and Melissa and, and James and Sadie are expecting kids. Well, Sadie and, and Melissa are expecting children. Terrence and James are going to be there to raise those and nurture those kids. God help you, Sadie and Melissa. But anyway, back to, let's go. They all develop together. It develops together. So we have to understand, we talk about, and I preached about this some while ago, we talk about meat and milk. We need both, but the fruit of the Spirit is meat. The gifts of the Spirit is milk. The Pentecostal church has developed, or, or has focused so long on the gifts of the Spirit, and they're needed. And we desire those. And they are still functional today. But we have made a mockery and demeaned the Holy Spirit in His fullness by neglecting the fruit of the Spirit. And I can tell you that if the fruit of the Spirit is not evident in one's life, the gifts of the Spirit are not going to come. Because He don't work against Himself. Again, we're all people, we all have a, a shortcomings, and we all, we all are there. But He desires to develop fruit in our lives. Why? So that people will be drawn to not you, but the Christ that's in you. Because they desire what you have. How do you have peace in the middle of the storm? How can you be so sure about tomorrow when you don't even know what tomorrow holds? Because I know who's holding tomorrow. I don't, if a storm comes, or if it's sunshiny and blue jays and cardinals are singing, whatever it may be, I still know who's in control. So they develop at the side. So how does the fruit of the Spirit grow? 
It can't be developed by man, but it can be cultivated by man. How? By providing the proper spiritual soil for it to grow. How can it be done? It, uh, you can get a fertilizer out all day long. David, by the way, I need to give you your fertilizer bag back. Well, it's not fertilizer bag, but I just thought of that. Spreading fertilizer with his little bag. I need to give that back to you. But anyway, you can try to do what all you want, but you go to Galatians 5, 24 through 26. So here you go, after the fruit of the Spirit, says, and they who are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, and envying one another. So by providing the proper soil, cultivating the, the work and the growth of the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, we have the, been crucified with Christ, and in being crucified with Christ, that flesh has been crucified with the affections and lusts. Again, you can do all that you desire within your own self and on your own abilities. But if you don't allow the Holy Spirit to remove the buttons, per se, that willpower that you have will only last so long. It's only going to last so long. You, 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 whatever, whatever it may be, whatever the enticements may be, whatever the affections of, of a lot, whatever those may be, whatever it may be, you can only resist it so long. An analogy put, uh, matter of fact, uh, I, I don't, can't remember where we're going, but Chad and I was going somewhere with a, a fellow, and he was putting himself in a, pre a precarious situation. And, what well, ain't like that, y'all don't understand. And an, an analogy that he used, which was great, and I never forgot. And he said, brother, you can say you're a vegetarian all day long, but if you put a steak on that plate and you look at it long enough, you smell it long enough, one day you're going to say, man, I just got to have a bite of that steak. This is us allowing the Holy Spirit to work in our lives to take away those things. To not be tangled again with the yoke of bondage. They're there. They're there, but we should not, listen, we should not be enticed, or, 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 or maybe we are enticed, but not, not giving heed to those enticements. So if one is walking in the Spirit, being led by the Holy Spirit, then you are, con then you are not controlled by the flesh. With the works of the flesh being manifested in your life. But when the Holy Spirit is not leading you and guiding you, I can promise you the things manifested in one's lives are the works of the flesh. What are the works of the flesh? Go back to verses 19 through 21 in Galatians. We'll, we'll compare the two. Look at them, verses 19 through 21. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murder, drunkenness, revelings, and such the like, of which I tell you before, as I've told you in time past, they that which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. 
But on the flip side of that, you go to 22 and 23, which we've read, but we'll read again. But the fruit of the Spirit. Remember the word but. It's the flip side. The only thing that can be contrary. The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there are no law. There is no law. So the works of the flesh, the cultivation needed by the believer for the fruit of the Spirit to grow comes by our faith being placed solely in the finished work of Christ. Nowhere else. Why? Because He has done it for us. Just as a natural fruit grows and, and, it, and it grows, it does grow, so does the fruit of the Spirit. It's not automatic. If it were, when you're saved, everything would be great. But you know, some are talking about it Wednesday night. When you accept Christ and you say yes to Jesus, it seems like, what in the world is going on here? I used to only get cut off in traffic once a month. Now it's three times in an hour. What in coronations? We need Him working in our lives. Why? Because He desires to produce fruit. So it grows. It's not automatic. It's, it's a lifelong project. He never stops working. We sing the song, right? Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Even when we don't know it, he's working. So the, the process, and, and you know this, I want you to turn with me, and it's going to come up here, but I want you to turn in your word to John chapter 15. The process of growth of the fruit of the Spirit is explained right here in John 15. We'll be in 1 through 17. Oh, that's a lot of scripture. It's all right. You can't never have too much. John 15, verse 1 says, I am, I am the true vine, and my father is the husband. Working together. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he takes it away. And every branch that bears fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Everything he does is for your benefit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except you abide in What in the world? When you get home, wherever you are, your favorite bush, your favorite flower, whatever it may be, I want you to take a, well, you don't have to, but if you were to cut a flower off of it, if you had a rose bush, if you were to cut a limb off of it, guess what? That rose is going to die. Why? Because it is not abiding in the vine. The branch has been severed from the trunk, from the, from the, the nutrients that feeds it. It's, it's going to die. 
So verse 5, he's telling you, I am the vine. I am the source. I am all that you'll ever need. I am the well that never runs dry. I am the vine and you are the branch. Other words, you ain't got to do nothing but stay attached to the vine. I'll feed you all you need. I'll teach you all you need. I'll be with you always. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I am there to make you more fruitful. He that abide in me and I in him, the same bring forth much fruit. For without him, for without me, for without Christ, this is pretty, very self-explanatory right here, you can do nothing. You can try. But guess what's going to happen? Nothing. Verse 6, if a man abide not in me, he's cast forth as a branch and, and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they're burned. If you abide in me, and my word abide in you, you shall ask what you will, it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, than that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends. And, and, and if you uh, do whatsoever I command you, henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knows not what his Lord does, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Have you, not cho you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever you shall ask in the... Uh, of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, that you love one another. This is the process explained of the, the growing and development of the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Abiding in the vine. And as you abide in the vine, the vine dresser, God the Father, the Holy Spirit, he will work in your life and he'll, he'll take away the things and, and, and cut those away that don't need to be there so that you'll bring forth more fruit, not to kill you, but to make you more fruitful <coughs> and to give you fruit that will remain. It'll stay. What do you mean it'll stay? Even in the middle of the storm. It ain't going nowhere. The peace ain't going to leave you. The devil's going to try. He's going to tell you everything in the world that he can think of to tell you, and he's going to use everything in the world to grab your attention. You would be amazed at how your day would go if you didn't watch the news. Can I tell you something? All of them lie. I don't care if you're a Fox fan or uh, whatever other ones there are. I don't know what other news stations. MB, MCMB or whatever they are. They all lie. You'd be amazed if you spent your time in the Word of God and spent your time praising and worshiping the Lord and you spent your time seeking Him then you did wonder how many new cases are reported today. Lord, what would you have me do today? Lord, show me where you're leading me. Lord, 
Instead of letting me get mad at people asking me about something that I feel violated about. Lord, let me just speak truth to them and love them and offer them you. Let me just love like you'll love and, 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 and see like you'll see. Because see, in verse 1, the father is the husband and the, the vine dresser. And he dresses the vine, verse 2 tells us in John 15, so that what? It brings forth much fruit. Verses 3 through 5 in John 15, the growth continues. Why? How? Abiding in Christ. And verses 7 and 8, you want to abide in Christ. When you abide in Christ, it glorifies the Father. And you bear much fruit. And he tells you in verse 9 to continue in his love, not yours. Verse 10, he keeps keep his commandment. How? Abide in Christ. Verse 11, that his joy, his joy, we get this. Go back to 14, John 14, 27. It's talking about peace. My peace I give. He says, I give it unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So, so he's not only giving you his peace, he's giving you his joy. Think about this, church. When his disciples wouldn't even stay up and pray with him, and they, they fell asleep, he still had peace and he still had joy. When he was hanging on Calvary's cross, he counted it joy to go to Calvary's cross for you and for me. Why? Because he knew there was a greater call to do the will of the Father. Yes, what's going on is crazy. And yes, people are, 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 are nuts on both ends. And if you're wearing a mask, I don't think you're taking the mark of the beast. I don't, I don't think you're a part of the Antichrist revolution. I, that's nonsense. Crazy. The bottom line is this. Jesus Christ is coming. And you can tell him Liz through a mask. Or I can tell him without one. But he's still coming. And if we don't know him, and if somebody don't know him, you will spend eternity in a devil's hell. So the question again I want to ask and I want to give to you and, and singers and musicians, you can come on up here. One, we should continually be growing and producing more and more and more and more fruit. But again, Matthew 7 and 16 tells us you shall know them by their fruits. What are people seeing when they see you? And in the things that you're engaged in and the, and the conversations that you are you are engaged in the things that are consuming your time and taking your focus, are they pointing people to Christ? I wish I could stand right here and tell you everything that I've done, everything I've said, everything I've engaged myself in in the last week, pointing people to Jesus, but that ain't the case. Because I live on this earth just like you do. And I get fired up just like you do. And sometimes I can't even sleep because I'm so fired up. Some will tell you. I, I, that ain't, I just, it just happens. I'll be completely honest with you. I didn't even go to sleep the other night until about 2.45 in the morning. 
I was back up about 4.30 because I was so fired up about somebody asking me to wear a mask. And I'm going to be honest with you. What? What did it benefit me? And what did I do with the opportunity other than just get tore up about it? I'm telling in front of you, in front of this camera, in front of everybody, Holy Spirit, take my buttons away. Let us, Lakeside, let us, a body of believers, point them to Jesus. So if the health ambassador, is that what they call him? That's a fancy name. Tells you what you need to do. If you so choose to shop at the place that starts with W and you don't agree with it, smile. Go on your way. Are we pointing them to Jesus? I want you to stand in this place this morning. He didn't begin a good work in you to stop. In fact, he says he'll complete it. But in the process and in the due time and until that time comes when Christ returns, will you help cultivate what he desires to do in your life by putting yourself in a position to receive? Or will we frustrate him operating and moving by getting tangled up again in a yoke of bondage? Because when we talk about yoke of bondage, we, 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 we revert to just crazy stuff. It can be just religious stuff, ceremonial things. It can be good things even. He desires to work in you today. As they sing, I, uh, I encourage you to make your way to the altar. If you never need, we'll gladly pray with you. But I challenge you to ask the Holy Spirit to remove your buttons today. Because I think I've got like Sears Tower buttons. Like a hundred and something. Lord, take them away. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying be a doormat. I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about all that. I, I'm not talking... Holy Spirit, remove the things that fire me up, that take my focus from you. Work in my life today. Would you come this morning as they say?
How long will it be till he returns? We don't know. Sooner than it was a while ago. And we don't have time, church believers, if you're watching or will watch this, to be sidetracked with craziness. We must continue to preach the gospel. Point them to Jesus. Love like He loves. And allow the fruit of the Spirit to develop in our lives. I encourage you that are here again to look around and see those that aren't. We put sign-up sheets out there. And I want to tell you, I'm quite, uh, I'll be frank with you, disappointed. We should all desire to help one another. If you're wondering what sheets they are, you can look out there and they, they're labeled. But we need help. You have not because you ask not. I'm telling we need help. If I can be quite frank with you. We have we 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 have places we need some great help. And we're asking you. We're asking you for it. Why? Why? So we can reach more people for Jesus. And that's that's why. But we love you guys. I encourage please be back tonight. Please make every attempt and effort to come back tonight. Sometimes uh, this Sunday, I don't know, something about Sunday nights I really thoroughly enjoy. But plus tonight we're gonna have also a baptismal service after the service. Um, if you were being baptized, remember, we'll provide the water. You have to bring a change of clothes and a towel. And I'm not going to guarantee you the water is going to be extremely warm. In fact, there's about 30, a 40 pounds of ice in there right now. No, there's not. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, we do have a heater for it, but uh, it's such a beautiful thing to make that outward expression of the inward work. And I thank God that we're able to do that now and not have to use a jacuzzi. Think it worked. Or a, or a kid pool, it worked. Or a portable baptistry, which Pursuit Church let us borrow one time, that, it worked. But thank God we have one here now we can just use whenever we need. We don't have to blow it up or set it up or take it down. It's there. But we love you guys. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support. Uh, those fundraisers that are coming up, again, uh, remember, get some lemonade, limeade, whatever kind of aid that may be, Kool-Aid, I don't know. Get it as you go out. Uh, but just keep this in the back of your mind. Coming in September, we're going to have a barbecue. Uh, those funds and proceeds will go to help with the back. But uh, anyway, we love you guys. Be blessed. See you tonight at 6 o'clock.